So let's go ahead and get <clears throat> our podcast audio going. Facebook Live is up there. Uh, the Blog Talk Radio is indeed also live. The call-in numbers there is uh, 347-857-3937. And let's go ahead and get our internal recording going, which is also just a grand old Fartha fracking uh, time. Yeah, these are all real words. All right. Highly articulate things being said by a cis male, which is how you know I'm credible. Right? Righto. Is that not right, righto? No. Well, okay then. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. Now, sisters and brothers, we know we got over by the blood, the sweat, and the tears of sheroes and heroes, some whose Whose names names we we know and some whose names we do not know. But I'm going to tell you something. We have been here before. Now, the only difference is we got some company, Rev. You got to do the Forrest Gump wave at the camera, ma'am. This time, we got our Hispanic, Asian, Native American sisters and brothers with us this time. I think Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King said we may not have gotten here on the same ship, but we are on the same boat right now. In Father Teresa's Wine Cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. All right. Very dramatic. WineCellarMedia.com. Very dramatic. Yeah, we have the hardest fucking, I almost said the most hardest, the um, <laughs> the hardest trigger warning in the fucking game. Uh, I'm noticing that like nonconformist sexuality, that is fucking thugged out. <laughs> Whoever's doing that, I'm rolling with y'all niggas. Really? Yes. That's, how, that's what you're doing? Ah. Uh, Let's fly right the fuck into it. Shout out to DC Love there. Shout out to the homie Loco. Who is that? Um, The homie, uh, I don't want to mispronounce your name because uh, starts with the letter F and um, hit up the Venmo. Holy shit, damn. And left the comment things and stuff. That tends to be what capitalism charges us for. Things and stuff. Yeah. Yes. There's always a need for things and stuff. Things like housing, stuff like food. Yeah. Things like refrigerators to put food in and freezers and stuff. And stuff. And we need to write a letter to someone to help buy a house because nothing works like groveling. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Nah, we're going to have to rhetorically genuflect because, <sighs> I mean, they could sell you the house 
with your money. They could. But nah. <laughs> Grovel before me before you buy my dirty ass house. Yeah, it was really dirty. Oh yeah, this is not like if we do get this house, it's gonna be the monster scrub down. <laughs> yeah. Like I gotta go in there. You don't gotta touch it. I'll go in there and thug it the fuck out. I've I've been in some shit. Like my my years through the foster care system, I've been through some houses, buddy. <laughs> All right. So I'm already like that. You, and you saw me when I was walking around. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah that. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. what that? Oh, that's about 45 <laughs> minutes right there. Yeah. This one, you know, hey, give me about six hours on that project. I can do that. Like, yeah. I already know. I've been doing all this shit since I was fucking 12. Yeah, if we get that house, I'm definitely um, washing all the walls twice. Oh, I'll have that done before you get in. I'm going to go down to the Menards. Uh, Menard. I don't know how you pronounce that shit. Menards. Menards. The, yes. Basically the Midwest Home Depot. And fucking um, <laughs> get a damn ladder. I hit the ceilings. I already have the equipment. Yeah. Yeah, like I already got all the proper scrub brushes. Uh, some stuff that um, my job inadvertently gave to me. They don't oh. even know they did it. You know, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, some of that equipment I have. <laughs> so I will... Uh, Use those things and get to scrubbing. All right. And the funny shit is, like, before the whole uh, p- pandemic thing, I already had dust masks. Yeah. So that was covered. So I will have dust masks. So I'm not going to get, um, you know, sickified from anything going on in there. All right. So now let's hop right into fucking Kirk Franklin. Oh, Lord. And All right. um, my take after I play this audio, it's probably going to be a little different than some of the other uh, black folks that you're catching in your uh, in your little news feed there. Because uh, <clears throat> the shit, it's not funny to me. <laughs> right? Like, are you seeing a lot of jokes, Miss um, Phoenix Colored Ma'am? I'm just seeing a lot of the same people. Like that same... Um... Sometimes you just have to beat your kids to make them listen and it's not abuse crowd defending Kirk Franklin. And I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, obviously, if you think that beating the shit out of a kid isn't abusive, then you think that you can talk to them any type of way you want to. And that will also not be abusive. So, yeah, it's those people who are like, I got talked to like that. I got hit as a kid and I turned out fine. No, you didn't fucking turn out fine at all. At fucking all. But like that's who I'm mostly seeing is that it's not that big of a deal. Y'all call anything abuse these days, like that sort of uh, like mentality around it. And that's what like y'all just like these are intellectually lazy sentences that niggas like to say, right? Y'all call anything abuse these days. Yeah. Well. I mean, and it's not like we're just saying abuse. Abuse is always prefixed. Physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, (laughs) right? Abuse is always prefixed. It's never vague. All right. God damn it. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't understand like the mentality. I guess the people are always like, well, you know, sometimes you just have to talk to your kids like that or treat them like that. And it's like, but you don't treat other people like that. Like, you don't go to your job and talk to your coworkers like that because you know you can't behave like that there. So, like, do you just do this at home because you can and no one is going to stop you? Is that, like, why you're like this? But then again, and I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a theorist. But I do think that there are cats that go to the workplace and deliberately try to talk like that, right? Like, um, I've mentioned this, and I, I, I've been saying niggas' real names. So I just don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberto at work. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like... 
I really think Roberto is only an asshole at work the way he is because I personally, I don't believe in alpha males. I don't think they exist. That's not a real thing. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as an alpha male, right? But whites, Western Europe set up these bullshit institutions that allows men to strut around and pretend to be that. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that every single workplace I've occupied there has always been that strutting asshole that you just kind of know if we weren't in this building <laughs> you wouldn't act like that because i'd punch you in your fucking face and everybody else would yeah it's not like that's just me and ah oh, william it d- doesn't respond to things well no you wouldn't talk like that to no goddamn body yeah. outside of this building where you know we'll get fired and suffer the abuse the financial abuse mm-hmm. of capitalism if we get fired. So you know you can do that here. Yeah. So I always notice at the end of the shift, niggas be real polite when we're walking out that door. <laughs> bye, everybody. Have a nice day. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Like, well, nigga, you wouldn't <laughs> like that three hours ago on the shift. <laughs> the fuck happened? Now we about to get in this parking lot and you're real nice. <laughs> Don't worry. I ain't gonna fuck you up, nigga. You might call the cops. Because, again, these fake alphas need these institutions because you will get your motherfucking ass beat. <laughs> All right. So, Kirk Frizank. Mm-hmm. And this is if you haven't heard, um, and you know what, a, a lot of white niggas tune into this program. Uh, if you have, Kirk Franklin was this real popular gospel singer nigga that, as it tends to go in capitalism, was not paying his employees. Mm-hmm. And even I myself, as a teenager, um, when I was in the foster care house, they forced us to go to a Kirk Franklin concert. And this is the doofy shit with that foster care house. When I say they forced us. The adults didn't go. (laughs) That's the wild shit. They made the teenagers and the small kids go. But then here's the other wild shit. We lived in Tacoma in Washington State. They drove us all the way up to Seattle to the King Dome in King County and dropped us off there and made us go to the fucking bullshit Jesus concert while they went to like a restaurant or something. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, these Man, are the, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to, and the funny shit is, I, I actually have a picture of the um the outfit I wore to that shit. I have very few pictures from my younger years, but I have a picture uh with that gear on. And um, yeah, these are the same people that like when I tell the story about how I got bit by a monkey in church. That was them. Yeah, that's right. Foster care house. All that poverty. These goofy niggas got a ten thousand dollar pet monkey. The fuck. <laughs> And then take the monkey to church because niggas got to show off and I have to hold the monkey because I'm the fucking labor mule of the house and the monkey bites me. I say, oh shit, I get in trouble. I got bit by a fucking monkey in church. You understand why every once in a while I just say my stupid ass life? Because sometimes my spouse here, Phoenix, thinks that, like, I'm talking about her. I'm like, no, this is the whole thing. Let me tell you my stories. My life is fucking stupid. I'm not going to lie, but the cleaning out the monkey cage story still gets me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because, you know, I'm a hetero teenage young boy at the time. And I really liked this girl. Her name was Christy, and I liked her a lot. You know, and like on some old school, like 1950s shit. Like I used to carry her books, like some real old school shit. Like we would leave lunch early together and walk and talk about English class. And she called me on the telephone wanting to riff and chill, talk, whatever. And I was like, 
I call you back, I gotta clean the monkey cage. It's like, monkey cage? You a lying ass nigga. And hung up and didn't talk to me anymore. It's like, this is bullshit. My life is fucking stupid. It's okay, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Charlie God damn it. All right, so... So yeah, Kirk Franklin was this big time gospel nigga that did yes. not pay his um his workers. Mm-hmm. Which and when you look back now, I'm older and I can look at it with even more of like a um a intellectually curious context, if you will, um, that he called them God's property, mm-hmm. but they worked for him and he didn't pay them. Right. So it's like nigga, you kind of made yourself God and made them your property. Yep. All right, so, and this is Kirk Franklin yelling at his biological son on the telephone, his adult biological son. Mm -hmm. So imagine how he was talking to him when he was a little child. Right. Okay, the audio might not be coming through that clear, and I'm going to use the B word because I'm quoting him verbatim. He said, when your bitch ass and something about get out the goddamn way. Yeah. Is someone laughing in the background listening to him talk to his kid like this? Maybe. Like, when I was in that environment, not going to front, we did laugh sometimes when the adults were yelling about that, and I'm going to riff on that. If you think I'm going to riff, I'm going to say it like this. When your bitch ass... Yo, skinny motherfucking ass out the goddamn way before I put my foot in your ass. Mm. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. Shut the fuck up. I'm old. And I guess the, the child is saying back, shut the fuck up. I'm grown. Yeah. Oh. All right, he's saying, I will break your neck, nigga. Don't you ever disrespect me. You know what? Who started off this <clears throat> conversation calling people bitches and what? I did it. And then he said, I didn't. And the audio cuts. And I have one more clip. And it's um, Kirk Franklin responding, which I better drop the volume for that. Going to be a different um, bit of audio. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's here. Do, do, do. Skip. Years we have had. All right. Let's hear him Many out. Many of you know I have an older son named Carrion Franklin. Oh, May, the first comment in the screenshot, too. For many years, we have had a toxic relationship with him as a family. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, they have, like, streaming comments, like yeah, you just said. Yeah, but the first comment... Kirk, seriously, what black mama or daddy ain't went off on their kids? Who taught? See, again, this is the I turned out okay. You, If you think this is okay, you did not turn out okay. Like, yeah, people get mad at their kids and they get frustrated and sometimes they raise your voice, but fucking threatening to beat your kids' ass and skinny ass bitch ass kids and what? No. Like I think I think no. I was I, I was inappropriate myself uh when the child here took money out of your wallet and I was yeah. like you're an asshole. Like I think I said that. And it's like that was pretty foul. Like I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that. But I didn't say I'm going to put my foot in your ass. Yeah. Jesus. Many of you know I have an older son named Carrie Franklin. In May, he'll be 33. 
for many years, we have had a toxic relationship with him as a family. But now see that that's that bullshit, right? Uh, for many years, we had a toxic nigga. You were the adult, right? So you were toxic. He was a child experiencing your toxicity. The fuck? And the fucking comments. Hearts, uh, this too shall pass. My brother, love you, man. Ugh. We've tried for many years to... Oh, and uh, just noting, uh, DC uh, Loco in the um, in the archive chat space saying, um, can <laughs> confirm the trip from Tacktown to Seattle is long. <laughs> yes. That is a ride, buddy. <laughs> counseling to therapy to try to rectify this private family matter. Recently, my son and I had an argument that he chose to record. I felt extremely disrespectful. Damn, nigga, you sound like you're talking to a motherfucking judge. Right, he really does. How many times your ass been in court not paying your fucking workers? The fuck's wrong with you, fake-ass MC Hammer? Yeah, I haven't heard if it's confirmed or not, but I heard that, like, um, he was particularly like shitty to this child because this was uh from before he got married so this was his mistake his before he got respectable fucking around and finding out before you got saved uh-huh expected in that conversation and i lost my temper and i said words that are not appropriate and i'm sincerely sorry to all of you now, to me, off top, it's, like, whatever. I'm looking at the comments. Someone said, you don't owe us nothing. No, he doesn't owe you shit because he didn't say shit to you. He wasn't talking. No, he doesn't owe you anything. He wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Unless you was one of the niggas singing for free on them what damn the tours. Fuck? No, he don't owe you. <laughs> were you on one of the albums? What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, something about that. Uh, because he said, he said words that are not appropriate, which is like, like nah, wor- words are fine. It's how you chose to arrange them into sentences that wasn't appropriate, nigga. Yeah. Like, don't blame the words, nigga. It's how you chose to uh, curate those words. I sincerely apologize. I want you to know as a father that during that conversation, I called... It ain't our... Ba- I hate the comments on the left. I hate those <laughs> fucking comments. Uh-huh. ...the family therapist and got that therapist on the phone to try to help. Is the family therapist a Christian? Right. I is be wondering. Like, I just want to know what the family therapist said about him making, like, those type of, um, like, threatening statements. Like, what did the therapist say about that? Ooh. I never played that part of the recording. I'm not perfect. I'm human, and I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm trying to get it right. There ain't no damn mistakes, nigga. I see the gray in your beard, nigga. You just are who the fuck you are, fucking mistakes. Okay, mistakes are like when I was mopping the floor a couple days ago and I bumped the fucking stove and accidentally knocked the gas on. Okay, that's a fucking mistake. If I call someone on the phone already angry and Mm -hmm. yell violent threats at them, that's just me fucking talking, mm-hmm. right? That's like if um if you're a free speech absolutist Ooh. and you're a fucking doofus about it and I call you a fucking joke, that ain't no damn mistake. I said it. Mm-hmm. Don't be a Shannon. Please keep me and my family in your prayers. Ugh. Keep us in your prayers. Christians be doing that all the time. 
Yeah. They do some fucked up shit and be like, just pray for us. Okay, well, clearly Jesus didn't give a shit when you were doing your abusive shit. Jesus ain't gonna do shit now. Yeah, fucking but weirdo. It's just, you know, to completely avoid accountability. We all make mistakes. We all sin. Just pray for me. And it's like, no, we don't all make these mistakes. No, we don't all do this. Like, yeah. And nowhere he's, and again, he's saying really horrible abusive shit, but just, oh, I just made a mistake. Oh, it just happens. Oh, we're all human. And, you know, but this really does go back to why so many people are in that mentality of, like, I got my ass beat, I got cussed out, I turned out fine. And it's like, you didn't turn out fine if you think that it's okay to perpetuate these type of cycles, honestly, but... Yeah, and um, and I'm looking at uh, 347-857-3937. There's no one on the phone line. I have a big screen there where I'm looking, but no mm-hmm. one has called in, and that's a fair deal. But the number is in the uh, show notes and description. If one should so choose to be like, I got something to say, <laughs> right? But this is why I appreciate that. Before I went into that fucking foster care shit, I had my biological mother. Because you know what I remember when she came home from work? First, I remember 1986, and it was tickle time. Ah, mom's going to come get you and tickle you. Ah! <laughs> right? And she was a photographer in the military. Mm-hmm. So... Sadly enough, this almost could have made me a bootlicker because I associated the army uniform with fun. (laughs) Well, yeah. So thank goodness she also deliberately taught me better than that as well. Like when we when she showed me the Boys in the Hood movie and uh, Furious Styles said to Trey that the army ain't no place for a black man. Mm -hmm. She like paused it and rewinded that and said, pay attention to that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was dead serious about shit. And like as we get older and um. Uh, we got uh, a racist kid got us kicked out of the babysitter's house, uh, Francois in Spanaway in the Crest neighborhood. And um, so we're just getting home. And we're a little older at this point. We're like, fuck, I'm like, we're like seven and 10 years old. So we're just home alone from school for a little bit for she gets home from work. And when she got home from work, you know what she did? She'd be like, all right. All right. Uh, uh, I was a kid. They called me Billy, not William. Like, Billy, are you a? Uh, you grab the vacuum, empty out the garbage cans, uh, you know, tell them my biological sister, are right, you uh, sweep that floor? Let's get things together. And then uh, let's get ready to watch a movie or watch some George Carlin or something and get your homework done. Is your homework already done? Good. And it was like that. And she'd, you know, smoke her cools and, you know, maybe have a glass of wine as she was chilling. And like, so I'm already used to that. I already know about that. So then when I go to my friend's house, you know, and I'm still in this same age, I go to Brian's house. I'm using niggas real names. I go to fucking Brian's house and his mother gets home from work and she's like, clean this damn house. All kids make me sick. I should beat y'all ass. No, you can't go outside. And it's just like, yo, why is your mom mean? She's just like that, man. (laughs) And I remember like, and it was Brian that told me he was like, like he opened up a, the coat closet because like almost every house in Spanaway out there in Washington State had a coat closet right by the front door, mm-hmm. and it was a broken paddle. She was like, "Yeah, she broke that on my butt." And then, and that's the black family, one block over the white family, Joe Martin, uh, Irish family. Oh yeah, Catholic time. Um, there was a one of those wooden big ass spoons you hang up on the wall, and there was a huge crack in it. And Joe used a different word. Yeah, my dad broke that on my ass one day. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all niggas' parents? What the fuck is happening? I remember I'm in, um, and then in grade six, this is after my mother's dead, and I'm in my biological father's custody now. And, um, 
I'm in grade six in Mr. Rivard's class, Mr. Peter Rivard. He's like one of those hippie niggas now, but you, he was going in that direction anyway. And, um, and I'm sitting next to this kid, Tyson. I'm using niggas' real names, whatever. And, um, and, and it's like vocabulary word time for English. And we learned the word assassinate and we're laughing at the way it's spelled because right. it's ASS two times. <laughs> and Tyson just casually says, um, Oh, you know, when I don't clean my room, my dad ass-assinates me. Yep. And the other kids just laugh, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we laugh at it, but we do. Yeah. Like, all of us who got, had those, t- yeah, I was one of those uh, broken wooden spoons on the children household. I, yeah, you know, and, and like, then you get in trouble again for breaking the spoon, which someone else chose to hit you with, but okay. <laughs> And, like, how hard are you hitting a child's tiny fucking body with a weapon that you break the weapon, you fucking animals? I do believe the goal is to leave welts. Fucking animals. Fuck y'all to the core. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, and you think about how normalized that shit is. Like, like my fellow black people act like the fucking, um, the Tina to What's Love Got to Do With It, the Tina Turner movie, <laughs> act like that shit was a fucking comedy. Now, I'm nuanced. I understand that when an actor is so damn good at playing a character, it's kind of funny just to see him because it's like, holy shit, it's like this nigga morphed, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I get like that. Like, I might be looking at, like, um, like there's a film called uh, Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt out of nowhere does a Jamaican accent. And I'm just like, that's fucking hilarious. How the fuck did he do that? Mm -hmm. You know, shit like that is very amusing. But remember, that shit was based on a true story. He was fucking her up. Like, niggas be laughing. There's a rape scene in that movie. That's not fucking funny. What the fuck is wrong with y'all niggas? So then I go into the foster care system in the foster house. And what I saw was... um. Now I'm under this Gen Xer. My mother was a boomer, and now I'm under this light-skinned Gen Xer from Florida. Mm-hmm. And they would get home from work at uh, Northwest Kinetics. I'm naming niggas real jobs. Her name is Cecilia. You know, fuck it, whatever. I say niggas real. I don't give a shit. Fuck these niggas. And uh, fucking and Cecilia would get back and um and just bug out every fucking day. And here's the cold shit. Because I was a uh, rate, I I had my biological mother before that. I just looked at that shit like it was weird. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? Okay, I don't know why all this volume. Like you chose to have three kids, and then you chose to take in three teenagers, right? So you now have six people under your fucking roof that you chose to have, mm-hmm. and now you're coming back yelling because the teenagers that just got out of school like. 30 minutes before you got out of work don't have your dirty ass house cleaned up while you're while literally in a couple hours when the sun goes down you're gonna go to the fucking club mm-hmm. oh yeah that's what cecilia did. cecilia and mitchell her last name is jackson now cecilia and jackson would go to the club wednesday night and then get home at like 3 a.m., wake everybody up yelling like this Kirk Franklin shit with all the violent threats <clears throat> because they got home and their their one of their kids was got ink all over their face from a pin and come wake all the teenagers up as if that's our kid. That's your kid and you went to the club on a Wednesday night. Fuck you, Cecilia Ann Jackson of Central Florida. Fuck off and fuck your whole family. Fuck Neva. I hope she's dead. And I'm glad Buck died. That was hilarious. Fuck y'all niggas. You violent ass, fucked up ass niggas. And then um, 
And I noticed something that would happen with some of the kids. Um, like uh, Tommy, sometimes, not all the time, he'd fucking cry. You know, and like, and it's not like I didn't cry because, oh, I'm so tough, I'm so emotional, or whatever the fuck, but I had already been to too many funerals at that age. I was broken. <laughs> you know, so like, it, I didn't have that in me. But then also, because I'm analyzing it, because I don't understand this behavior, because I had my mother already, mm -hmm. I think this is weird. And then, um, and this was 1996 that I went into it, and they kept trying to escalate it to the point in um, 1998, uh, they actually went ahead and took a belt and whacked me on the arm, trying to get me to cry, hitting me with the belt. And I was just like, I... I'm ready to go to bed now. It's late. This is weird. Like, you already, like, and keep in mind, this is 1998. You know what they did at this point? Pulled me out of school. So I'm literally not enrolled in school, but I had just gotten um, signed off by my principal that I could get a job at U-Haul. So I'm sweeping the floors at U-Haul and not going to school, but I'm getting her kids fed and, um, and off to bed. And then doing her kids' um, private church school laundry and ironing the shit. And then getting her kids up at 5 a.m. And then I'm getting... She has a car. <laughs> I'm getting her kids on the bus to take her kids to the fucking church school thing and drop them off. And now here I am, just a 14-year-old, just kind of out in the town with 20 bucks in my pocket from my U-Haul sweeping job. <laughs> <laughs> fucking goofy shit yo it, it was a weird life and then in that in that same couple of months span during 1998 um that person had gotten a new partner they were dating in the house and that partner was one of these fucking hard ass new york niggas oh y'all ain't that hard new yorkers <laughs> um, and that new york nigga went and tried to put their fucking hands on me like with no belt or like they tried to like smack me mm. and it's like mm, nigga i'm a crip and so <laughs> Bink, bink. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I put a couple of them binkers on them mm -hmm. and um, and they and they literally fell down. And God, but it was just like, you little disrespectful motherfucker. And it's like, nigga, you hit me. You put your hands on me. <laughs> Fuck you, oh Bronx nigga. <laughs> that is such a part of that conversation. Because anytime a ch like you respond or retell, like you're disrespecting me. You came at me. You hit me. You, yeah. I was by my own business. How am I disrespecting you? But like the, but I really do think that is that sort of like entrenched, um, sort of like uh, like white supremacist American ideology that um, f defending yourself against any type of authority is disrespect. And then, but like now, look at police and shit in these streets with how they treat people, right? Like look at how offended fucking cops get if you don't, you know fucking obey them unconditionally and shit like that look at how much trouble you get in if you talk back you know well depending where you are you know you talk back to your preacher you talk back to teachers in school or a coach and shit like there is a serious fucking problem in this country where um you are not allowed to like defend yourself from any type of authority in any type of way like domestic you know whatever which yeah goes back to like again <laughs> where, where and i mean this is across the gender spectrum but like why i I, I'm, I'm not a theorist, I'm not a philosopher, but I don't think alpha males exist again. And that's why they're obsessed with these institutions, mm -hmm. right? Because they're when, oh, and her name was Trina. That's right. I can't remember her last name, but Trina from the Bronx was the one that fucking her. I think she was 39 at the time and her 39 year old ass put her hands on my 14 year old <laughs> face. 
and I fucking and I knocked her ass the fuck down <laughs> that shit and um <clears throat> but that's because Trina did not have an institution around her that would not allow me to fucking defend myself and that's mm-hmm. why these people need a job or a school or a prison some sort of system that doesn't allow you to defend yourself mm-hmm. and shout that's out true. to DC Love and the archive comment space I see your comments there I'm just I'm just missing a lot of them that's my bad <laughs> <laughs> and um where was I headed next? Yes. And now we're moving forward because I, I ultimately run away in 2001 because I see what happens to foster care kids that age out. They literally just get put out with a backpack and a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. So I see that that's coming. I'm 17 and I know that's going to happen when I turn 18. So I'm gearing up to run away anyway. But I had reached a point where they'd start that yelling shit and I'd just be like, yeah, and walk away. Like I would literally, and I mean dead ass, like walk all the way away. Like I would go all the way to the door, open it, walk out of it, close it, go up the block to my niggas on 25th street. What up cuz and just kick it on the block for a minute and come back. And this is the wild shit. A couple of months into me doing that, um, Cecilia Ann Jackson, that piece of shit was yelling at one of the other kids, Tommy. And part of her yelling was, why the fuck you still standing there? You see me yelling at Billy, he just walks away. <laughs> and it's like, so you're abusing this nigga for being abused. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck yeah. is wrong with you? But I turned out okay. <sighs> and that's why I deliberately try not to be like that, right? Like I get off work and I'm just like, all right, when cat litter's not done, whatever, all right, I'll go. I turn on some gangster rap, smoke a joint. Scoop the cat litter, do a little sweeping, wipe a counter, bust a little load of laundry, get it done myself. Like, stop getting home from work and yelling at every damn body. You're making yourself unhappy. If you're one of those people that does that, you're pissing yourself off. You're choosing anger over tranquility. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're not just fucked up to everyone else. You're fucked up to yourself, too. I don't think people realize that. Yeah, because I think like it's so um, normalized after a certain point that it's just like this is just what we do, and like it's to a point that they can't even imagine um, living differently, and that's really unfortunate to Ugh. be honest. Yeah, and I'm just uh, heading over to the so- the social dissonance page to see if there is um doop 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 bop skippity floop bop a dipple do um comments over there because I did share the video oh, there as well. Yeah, I remember a lot. Um, in the in the adoptive or the foster house, the adoptive house that um it was actually like considered to be good parenting to hit your children because that was like um like Christian ethics. <laughs> it was kinda how we were taught. So Good parenting. Yeah. yeah. To hit your children. Yes. You ain't hitting your children, you're a fucking slacker. Pretty much, yeah, that was kinda how it went. So Yeah. Alright. And I think that because of the uh I don't want to say it's a shadow ban, but because Facebook has me like restricted because someone disingenuously reported a salt shaker mm-hmm. on the post on the page, um, I think it's like uh, it's not showing people the live video on the social distance page. So 123,000 followers and I can't Good. use that following. All right. So let me dance it forward and uh, move things in a whole other fied directionalization. Yes. All right, it'll we'll even need to change the instrumental for this. God oh, damn! Oh, all right, we're getting fancy. Yeah, to a little half dead. 
the dopest motherfucker that you're hearing, little half dead. All right. Excuse me, neighborly neighbors. No. (laughs) So uh, we're over here at Yes Magazine. And the title of this article is For Women by Women, A Sisterhood of Carpenters builds tiny houses for the homeless okay let me just mention one more abusive parent thing this makes me think of because these are women carpenters right probably cis i'm assuming Mm -hmm. and um by cis i mean cisgender cis some people might not be aware of that right um because i remember when i was working in the other factory in illinois um one of the mechanics antonio was uh, just riffing to me about, like, you know, kind of shit he does and showing me how to use a drill bit and, like, uh, modify a machine and add a um, an extra part to it. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of riffing. And he said, he said, yeah, my daughter wants to be a mechanic, too. said, I want to be a mechanic like you, Dad. And and this verbatim, ver-fucking-batum what he said. He said, I tell her, no, it's not a good job for a girl. Hmm. What the fuck is wrong with you? Your fucking child wants to emulate you. Yeah. In a way that under capitalism is like 50 bucks an hour <laughs> worth of emulation. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, that would be a pro. Like, if she learns that kind of shit that he knows early in life like that, right. she's set. I wonder if um, it's one of those because he doesn't think girls can do it or he's like inadvertently adm- admitting that like patriarchy exists. Because I remember I knew someone who um, her father was a chef in a restaurant and she started working as a waitress there and she wanted to go in the kitchen and he wouldn't let her work in the kitchen. And she was mad because she thought it was him just being like, girls can't be chefs. And it was no. He knew that all his like male co-workers were a bunch of fucking assholes and he didn't know he didn't know that his daughter would be safe in the kitchen if he wasn't there with her. And it's like that is a very... Um, Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we're just going to kind of talk about how patriarchy works, but not really do anything about it. I guess that's what we're doing. So, yeah, I remember that with Julie, where she very much wanted to do that. And he was like, nope, you cannot be in here with these men. Yeah. And, you know, the cold shit is like since I've been in these factories in Illinois, I only saw one woman assumed cis uh, that was a mechanic. And now I'm over here in the other factory, and so far I see two women assumed cis that are mechanics, and one woman a uh, forklift driver. Yeah. Everything else that women do are um, machine operator, and they never let women operate like um, like the type of machines I run, the machines where you make a lot of very direct product contact. They always have women running secondary machines. They have men running secondary machines, too. uh, But for the most part, they have women running secondary machines. And I also noticed there's like um, like racialization and who run like mostly Mm -hmm. folks that, you know, kind of generically speaking, I'm going to say Asian. They put Asian men on secondary machines a lot Mm -hmm. and they tend to put Mexican and black men on primary machines a lot. Right. Like I I, like I instantly got boom, put immediately on a primary machine, Mm -hmm. you know, like default. They just put me there. I don't really. Yeah. Matter of fact, as I I, because I walk around the factory sometimes, like I'll leave my break early and just do a little skip around, look at shit. You know, I'm very nosy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't see any brothers on secondary machines at all. Really? (laughs) Yeah. All primary. Yeah. Yeah. I I worked in a factory for a while and just gave up. I couldn't do it Hmm. like because of the men that were there. 
And like we and it was the worst part was that we had um a female supervisor, but she worked in the office. A female cuz and she worked in the office. Her name was Linda, actually. And like, you know, we would periodically go in and be like, yo, these dudes are like horrible and like touching us and saying stuff. And she would just be like, just try looking like less pretty when you come in. Just wear something that looks more raggedy. Like that was gonna solve the problem. And I was like, this is maybe not for me. I'm, I'm not doing this with my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just I'm noticing a, a glance to my left DC love in the chat space with with the snark that we need today um, yes. saying uh, that makes sense, though. Having women run secondary machines reduces the risk of contamination by hair, uh, regardless of the presence of hairnet, mask and protective goggles. <laughs> well, yes. And also the fact that men have long hair too. Roberto's hair is like probably. I'm not very good at, like, just doing these measurements off the top of my head, but his hair is maybe, like, five inches long. Yeah. Well, what what's left of it? It's, like, five <laughs> inches long. Yeah. Yeah. It's cold shit, yo. Ugh. All right. So, over here, back to this. Yes Magazine. For women by women, a sisterhood of carpenters builds tiny houses for the homeless. Okay. And I got this from a group I'm in where um, Wine Cellar Media is actually uh, signed up to their Patreon because uh, they are some Northwest um, anti-homeless active, not anti-homeless people, but anti-homelessness mm-hmm. activists. And uh, just a little bit from this article. Um, <clears throat> uh, for the volunteer uh, tradeswoman, uh, tradeswomen who came together over several cold, wet weekends this spring to build a tiny house village for homeless women in North Seattle. The ultimate reward wasn't necessarily their finished handiwork. Rather, it was the confidence and camaraderie, comrades, uh, that, <laughs> that the project inspired for many of the crew who for the first time worked on a construction site where they were not the only women. Um, Alice Lockridge, who spent a 30-year career training women to do physically demanding work, uh, created the Women for Women initiative. That's women numeric for women. All right. All one word. Women for women. Uh, The Women for Women initiative that brought uh, them all together. And here is a quote from Lockridge. Quote, these women go to work every day and are told they are not as good. They are taking some man's job. Why are they there? Subtle and straight to their faces every day for their entire careers. We made a place where they would come to work and share their skills and learn new skills in an environment that was free from all of that. End quote. Perfect Seattle accent. Nailed it. Yeah, no. And you lived there. Blam. I lived in Tacoma, buddy. I lived in the town. Okay. I'm from the town. You're from Washington. That's right. Washington (laughs) State, Pierce County, buddy. Chief. Washington is not a word. Yes, it is. No. That's the proper pronunciation. No. That's how I I pronunciate it. Absolutely not. It's a pronunciation no. of the of the century. What? Come on. Why do y'all tolerate this? What is wrong with you people? And uh, DC DC Love said, yes, it is. <laughs> Responding to your comment that women for women is doing good work. Not that whatever the fuck you said is a real word. That's because we don't like you flyover light skin freckled face father muckers. 
<laughs> because we know how to say Washington? That's wrong. You didn't say it right. <laughs> Maybe that's how you say it over there in D.C., Metro D.C. area. <laughs> Not the state. <clears throat> and, um... Uh, we bitsy boom more. Uh, we bitsy boom more from the uh, article. Someone Scottish is tuning in, ready to kick my ass, saying that. Yeah, it's Lisa. Oh shit! <laughs> Lisa got guns, nigga. <laughs> you gotta watch out. Um, Whittier Heights Village is a community of um, what is that? Fifteen colorful tiny houses, each one hundred square feet. In July, its new residents began moving in, many from the streets or from shelters around Seattle. The village also has a common building with a kitchen, bathrooms, and laundry. Located on um, city-owned land, it is one of nine tiny house villages in Seattle that serve as emergency shelters for the city's um, <clears throat> excuse me, homeless population. It is operated by the Low Income Housing Institute, which develops and operates housing for low-income and homeless people in Washington State. Each house costs about $2,500 renos to build, and the labor is mostly provided by volunteers. That, like, infuriates me on some level. What up? That, like, it's only $2,500 to build. And I, you know, obviously I think homeless people deserve more than a tiny house. But, you know, if we're going for the better than nothing model, then absolutely let's give folks tiny houses. But $2,500 to build them. Like, didn't the fucking Pentagon spend, like, $37 million on a plane that doesn't work? Like, we're over here fucking fighting for $2,000 relief checks that they're not going to give us. Like only $2,500 and we can give someone at least somewhere to be to be out of the fucking weather and out of the fucking cold and it's like but no only 15 of you nah (laughs) it's shitty it's shitty and you know the cold shit is there's hella people of European descent we call them white folks Mm -hmm. that aren't with that shit anymore yeah so it's kind of like it ain't even all it's it's these I don't even I don't have any numbers in my head but I kind of want to say few yeah I do, but I don't really know. Could be 40%, could be 60%, could be 30%, could be 25%. But there's a number of Europeans that maybe we just need to send them back to Europe and keep the cool ones. I mean, honestly, that's yeah. really not a bad idea. So I'm getting tired of shit. And what else also amuses me about stories like that is how everyone is so obsessed with, like, capitalism and the nuclear family. And when, you know, you're, like, a leftist and you say something like, you know, like, the nuclear family is basically just, like, a capitalist white supremacist tool and people get really offended. But when it comes to actually doing... um like social justice work, what is the first thing they did? They went to a community model instead of the white nuclear family model. The very first thing they did to keep the community safe. So, like, on some level, folks know. Yeah. And um, uh, DC Love reminded me of some shit in the archive chat space uh, calling Tacoma to Compton. As they, and here's some fun irony for you, because I'm a bit of an older head. <laughs> I remember the, um, the Hilltop Crips um this is when nwa was not as famous yet and they were first going on tour like before Mm -hmm. jerry heller all right like the old nwa Mm -hmm. and um and the tacoma uh hilltop crips actually beat them up after one of their concerts at the tacoma dome why uh because they're fucked up and 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 it's also that that because they all got beat as children and turned out okay because they, yes, ma'am, they all got beat as children and turned out fine. 
Yeah, and, and like when I look at the politics of it, I would love to meet some of them niggas and interview them about that. But I wonder if some of it had to do really with uh, with Ice Cube and Dre. Because um, NWA, you have Eazy-E and um, MC Ren. And when they say the word gangsta, they're Kelly Park Compton Crips. Yeah. They're gangsters. <laughs> Dre was an architect that turned to music. Yeah, he was literally going into architecture before music. That which, tracks. Yeah, shows you what kind of wacky perfectionist yeah, he is. But also that, like, uh, the numbers. Numbers? Yeah, like, a lot of, uh, like, composing and making music is, like, very mathematical in a way, as is architecture. It's a very, like... It's 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 an art, but it's really, like, a lot more, like, science-y than people give it credit for. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? His beats are fucking... They are something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, fucking... Yeah, but Drake... Yeah, fucking architect. And then Ice Cube, he was very, very briefly... Like, Ice Cube never actually put in work. But mm-hmm. he was very briefly affiliated with the 111 um, NHC neighborhood Crips. And, uh, but... You know, he fucking got famous when he was like 17 and got out. That's right. where a lot of niggas critique Snoop. He got famous when he was like 21 and got out. Right. You know, but at least Snoop was there long enough to actually put in work. That's why he still had some notoriety that Ice Cube did not have. But, mm-hmm. you know, he did get out pretty damn early, you know, and uh, but he did go to prison. So like and prison gives you an OG status just so as much as ageism does. Right. You know, so that fun, fun facts that probably aren't worth knowing. <laughs> <laughs> and so my fellow black people um, pissing me off, my fellow mm-hmm. black people. Mm-hmm. And this is because um, I follow a page called Atlanta Black Star because they cover black news that I think is worth covering. Yeah. And they also cover some shit in certain ways that's just fucking tacky and some things where it's like you only posted this to get the click but Mm -hmm. also i think it is a relevant story especially when you actually read the article right so atlanta black star they have their website they have their facebook page as we all tend to do and when they posted this Tessica Brown update, Tessica Brown was a homegirl that used the Gorilla Glue mm-hmm. and had to get help there and get that fixed up. And and um, they posted an update, and the headline is, Just Cut Your Head Off. Tessica Brown details the dark side of the Gorilla Glue incident and the hate she received after going viral. And um, what's noted in the article is that uh, someone actually knows her address and sent her physical mail with a picture of a man holding a human head mm-hmm. and giving and telling her just cut your head off mm-hmm. all right so that when you actually read the article that's one of the things that's in it um let's take a look at some more this is a uh, quotes from her in there um it got to the point where my email was blowing up, my Facebook Messenger, my Instagram, everything. I took the phone, threw the phone in the corner, and she said her daughter, end quote, her daughter brought her the phone because she was receiving a call, and it was, uh, ooh, excuse me, somebody that wanted to, uh, to help her out, <clears throat> right? So you look at these things. And then I, I from actually and then I look back at the comments and the comments are just full of black people across the gender spectrum making fun of her, telling her it's her fault and also saying that she's trying to get famous and her 50. But it's like famous for what? Right. Because at no point has she been like, 
Oh, and here's my SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's uh, my dance studio. Here's my yoga studio. Here, like, she's literally not promoted any fucking thing. Exactly where is she trying to get some damn fame? Right. And also, Atlanta Black Star published this. Not her. She didn't make her own Tessica Brown Gorilla Glue.com and then post this right. and then put it on Facebook and then pay to have it boosted to make sure it gets in your newsfeed. Atlanta Black Star posted it mm-hmm. and put it in your newsfeed. Yeah. Stupid ass. Which is also just uh, kind of interesting. I was actually just glancing on Twitter to see uh, what folks are saying about her. It's mostly nice on Twitter right now. Um, now. It wasn't then. But that was another thing, too, is people kept saying, oh, she's doing it for clout. And it's like, but y'all are the ones that made her trend. Like, all she did was put up an Instagram video saying, don't do this to your head. Like, y'all are the ones who made that a trending topic. Like, all the shit going on in the world and Saturday Night Live chose to do a whole fucking, what's that, Topsy? Topsy. A whole ass Topsy thing. Uh, for we and we already shared that. I shared the image. Uh, folks that know the wine cellar have seen that already, yeah. right? Like they and that was like a seven ten minute fucking sketch. It was it was, fucking, it was a long sketch. Yeah, they just because it had a going. lot of characters in it. Yeah, because it had like the two main people, and it had like the topsy and some white woman with the ass, and then the guy with the hand on the pants, and there was like six people in that six or seven people in that skit. So yeah. And that and that's why I covered it the way I did, where I fucking play, pause, talk about what I'm seeing, play, because I don't I don't think it's a good idea to just play it all the way through and then riff on it later. You know, maybe if you have that kind of time to do show prep and you can watch something, sit down, take notes, do your show, and then go to bed. I got to do this shit and then run to the factory right. and then run back. I don't have that kind of show notes time. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, man. That um that shit was grimy as fuck. And y'all niggas make her trend. Y'all want her famous so that you can make fun of her. Mm-hmm. That's some shit you're doing on purpois. Yeah. All right. And so now. We need to go ahead and wrap up the free end of the gosh darn show, don't we? Maybe. Don't we? Maybe. And But we will wrap it up with a little bit of fun, all right? We got to do the Bible slide. It's very important. It's a good dance. Everyone should Bible be doing it. Yes, the Bible, Bible slide. slide. Now, oh, no. What is this? You don't want to do the Bible slide? I, I have doubts that this is going to go well. You're not sure. You don't want to do the Bible slide. No. For the folks listening to podcast audio, um, I saved the video. Um, and if you want to find it on the Facebook, it's posted by someone named Will Lee Ellis. And they literally just posted the only caption on it is good morning. That's it. That's the whole caption. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and it looks pretty neat to me. Really? I so, think it's constructive. Oh, uh, well, do a video of yourself doing it then. The Bible slide? Yeah. How how much will I get paid? I need I need these checks, nigga. Hmm. I'm trying I'm trying to fucking uh, be one of the people that can get a house. It would be nice. Yeah. So let let's uh let's slide about a bit as we and if you're uh, and if you're listening to this on Patreon, just let it play. The next end of the program where we get into Phoenix Kaleeder's comedy is gonna just come right after this. For the folks on Facebook Live, it will end right after this. Yes. Other slide now, y'all. Now it's time to get holy. Get right now to the left. Take it to the grave and see it resurrect. Come alive this time. Right fist, two pumps. 
Left fist two pumps. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Backslide. No. Backslide. No. It's just a move. Why he take off his glasses? Let's like that. win the lost. Go left. Take a scheme to back now, y'all. Two souls this time. Two souls this time. Right fist two pumps. Left fist two pumps. Fun. Pray on your knees. Pray on your knees. Get holy with it. Oh, yeah. Come on. Bubble slide now, y'all. Temptations. Turn them down. No. All right. Just know that you you listen to this podcast on your own, Valish. (laughs) You chose to do this with your life. Patreon.com slash Wine Cellar Media Fund. We're going to go ahead and end this Facebook Live and keep on going. Uh, PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William is where the tip jar is. The alternative tip jar, the Venmo at Wine Cellar Media. Phoenix Kalita has one of those cash app applications where it's dollar sign Phoenix Kalita. Please be as safe as possible wherever you are. And we have stopped live stream, which okay. means now I no longer give a fuck about copyright laws, nigga. <laughs>